0: Good morning, uh, my name is John, I'm the lead pastor, and uh, as always, very glad to see every single one of your smiling faces today, and for those of you guys uh, online or watching later on YouTube, uh, we're just so thankful to have you as a part of our community as well. Uh, so uh, like Wesley said, uh, for the last uh, couple weeks, months, uh, ever since Easter, uh, we have been talking about this idea that uh, church is not a building church, not an organization, it's a group of people and we're scattered all over the place. Uh, every once in a while we gather together in the same room like today. Uh, but as we go out, part of our mission is that we are supposed to love and bless the people around us. Uh, I believe that every single one of your streets, uh, that your office, that the school you go to, uh, that the club you're a part of, the sports team, the gym, the book club, wherever it is you go, it should be a little bit more loving, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more kind because you are there and you are intentionally bringing loving and blessing uh, to that place. Uh, And we tried to give some Concrete tools of what that looks like. Uh, So, we've been looking at this acronym of what it looks like to bless, and we've been encouraging you to think about uh, who are the people in your life using this sheet and how you can intentionally bless them uh, using uh, kind of this little uh, acrostic. Uh, And again, I want to emphasize every single one of those is really great to do, Uh, but that first one of beginning with prayer. If you're not sure exactly what else to do, that is not like a small step. That would be huge if every single one of us were to take this sheet, fill it out with just a few people in each category, and then start to regularly pray for those people. I think amazing things could happen. Uh, It's like, Shared in an email this past week, uh, I filled out my sheet, and then I took a picture of it, and now it's the wallpaper of my phone, uh, just because I just forget stuff, and so I just need a reminder to regularly pray for the people in my life, and if whatever that looks like, if you want to put it, you know, in your car, or if you want to put it, you know, in your mirror, something where you will remember to pray for people, I think that could just be huge, uh, and like we've been talking about for the last few weeks, uh, both changing our community. And uh, changing us. Uh, But what I want to do today, uh, and so we have these different categories here, and we prayed through them earlier. And so I think a lot of us can probably, when you think about people that you live near, uh, a lot of us, you know, like... We can think of the people we live near, and some of us know those people really well. We're already in the mode of, you know, they come over, we have neighborhood, you know, we have front yard conversations or backyard conversations, however your neighborhood works. Maybe you loan each other stuff every once in a while. Uh, Some of us, we, like, don't even really know the names of the people that we live next to, Uh, so we would, like, fill it out pretty vaguely of, like, person in red house with blue car. And, person, you know, and and God's cool. God can understand that. That's okay. But we, we can... Categorize pretty well the people that live near us and then people that uh we work with people at school you know there's lots of different you know acquaintances there but I think there's like a line somewhere here because just by the nature of these categories we're saying that it's possible that you can live next to people you can work with people you can go to school with people You can be a part of a book club with people. You can, your kids are on the same softball team and you have conversations together. You can have contact with other human beings where you are nice to each other, you are polite to each other, you are potentially very friendly with each other. But you wouldn't quite necessarily say that you're friends because there's like, just being like in a there's like another level of like what friendship exists. Uh, so to kind of get our bearings around that, uh, I want you to discuss that for a second actually. And so uh, around your tables, discuss this question real quick of what do you think makes that next tier? When does someone move from, okay, I work with you, maybe we even go out for like drinks every once in a while, but like, you're, I don't know if you're a friend, yet. like what, what's the thing that makes someone move from someone that you're friendly with, that you know some things about, to now you would consider this a friend. So around your tables, I'll give you just a couple minutes, discuss what does it look like for someone, what are the character, characteristics of a real friendship? So discuss that with the people around you. <laughs> Alright, I know that's short, uh, we're trying to get the wheels turning, not trying to be totally thorough, uh, but I do want to hear some of the best answers that you guys just came up with. So what's, what's some of the things that you just heard, or maybe you said if you thought your thing was the most brilliant, at your table of what makes someone a friend? Shout it out, and I'll repeat it for the folks online. Actions more than words. Actions more than words, I like that, yeah. What's some of the things that make a Friendship. Intentionality. Ooh, I like that. We're going to go back to that one. It's good. Spending time together. Oh, you spend time together with people at work. Oh, uh, spending time when you're not obligated or when the thing ends. It, it's like, oh, yeah, we're friends because our, yeah, our kids are on the same softball team. Softball season ends. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, yeah, are you intentionally making time? I see where we're going here. All right, uh, maybe one more? Who could you, and whose vacuum cleaner did you borrow? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, is it, is it, all right, so we need a vacuum. Who has a vacuum cleaner that, Marilyn? Right, look at this. You have friends, Marilyn. This is very good. All right, I'm sure there's many more great answers in there. All right, so follow-up question to that is, uh, we've kind of defined a little bit of what friendship is. Is, do you have friends? So as you look at that list, I'm sure you have people you live next to. I'm sure you have people that you are in acquaintances with, but do you have kind of that next level of intentional? You share a goal together. You're making time together even when you don't have to. Do you have those kind of friends? Uh, and of course, different uh, folks would answer different ways. Uh, some of you in this room, of course, would say yes, uh, and that's a great thing. And I'm, I'm really happy about that, that there's definitely many of you who I do know do have deep level friendships. Uh, and what we're going to talk about today and what we're going to talk about all summer long, I just want to put a little push on all of you guys. We need you. Uh, As we're talking about what friendship looks like, developing deeper friendships, as you guys are, especially in community groups, some of you that have figured out what it takes to move from acquaintances to real, honest, deep friendships, what you've learned in that isn't, as you're going to see in a second, isn't overly normal. And so we need you to help teach us what you have learned of how you have developed deep friendships so that uh, others of us can develop deep friendships as well. Uh, And then some of you... Uh, as you're honest, would say no. Uh, not for lack of trying, but I, I have folks in my life. But the truth is that as I go to bed some nights, maybe many nights, as I look at different things that I, I wish I had someone to talk about, talk to about, I, I don't have deep friendships. Uh, and if you're in that boat, uh, you're unfortunately not uh, alone. Uh, Some of you might have seen this. This is uh, last month. uh, the uh, surgeon general uh, put out, this is from the U.S. Department of uh, Health and Human Services. Uh, So there's a new surgeon general advisory that was raising alarm about the devastating impact of the epidemic of loneliness and isolation in the United States. And there's a whole report you can go. Uh, It was released about a month ago. And the report is just uh, about the epidemic of loneliness that is in Our country right now and in the world and how much COVID and everything else has been a part of that, but that there's so many people who as they look at the landscape of their life, they just have this feeling deep down inside that while they might have people around them, that at the biggest ends of their life, they are alone and they don't have anyone else who's really there supporting them. Uh, and then there's a, a, a third category in there, uh, and that's the folks who say, "Do you have friends?" And you'd be like, ah, "I don't know, maybe, kind of," because they're like, I, I, "Those of you like are like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I don't know if like I'm totally there, but like, I, I don't know if like I feel like totally alone. But, like, maybe as you look at, at the landscape, you're like, I have folks in my life that like, I think we're like a little bit more than like work associates. You know, like we we, we talk a little bit more in life, but like." I don't know, like, I think there might be some other levels of friendship that maybe we haven't gotten to yet. I think some of these folks could be deep friendships we need to work on a little bit more, uh, or maybe, I, I think I used to be really close friends with some of these folks, but years and life have just kind of gotten in the way, and like, it's kind of been months since I've talked to them in any kind of a real, deep, serious way, uh, and there's, there's kind of a whole nother, uh phenomenon. Uh, so, Psychologist uh, Scott, uh, M, Dr. M. Scott Peck talks about this thing of pseudo-community. That a lot of us live in like kind of this level of it's like we have friendships and community in our life. And in some ways we've convinced ourselves that this is what friendship is. But what he says and what a lot of researchers say is that it's, it's kind of pseudo. There's, we, there's actually way deeper levels of friendship. We've just convinced ourselves this is all that I guess Friendships are, and that like that deep, meaningful that like maybe we've heard other people talked about, we've dreamt of. I just don't know if those kind of relationships really exist. We've convinced ourselves that there's this kind of pseudo community. Uh, and here's what we want to talk about for the next uh, little bit: is that as we look at because our own lives, and as we look at especially our church family, one of the things that we talk about is that why don't we talk about we? That we we are a we. And that church is not a building, church is not an organization, but it's a group of people. And as a group of people, we want to be a family. And we want to be pretty honest over the course of the summer to say, is that, is that true? Like, is, is this a family? Is this like a group of people who are like supporting each other and know each other and like are really taking intentional time for each other? Or are we just a group of people who, like, happen to show up at the same building, but, like, we don't really even know each other that well? Or maybe I know, like, a few people, but are, are there groups of folks in our church who, even though we're trying to be a family, still feel either alone and don't really feel like they really have anyone else that's a part of this church family that's really with them in life? Or do we have folks who have kind of convinced ourselves that this is pseudo community, but we've kind of given up on a deeper level of what that can be? Uh, and so this summer, I, I, I think I'll give like my grade. You can you guys can talk about it in your community groups and yourselves. Uh, I think we're we're good. We're not great. Uh, some of you might be even harsher than that. I don't know, but I think as a as a church family we have serious room to grow. As we talk about the church not ability, it's a group of people who love Jesus, love each other, and love the world. I think we have room to grow to better love each other. Uh, So to start that conversation off, uh, we're going to look at a uh, section of scripture uh, from uh, the book of uh, John, uh, I believe. So this is from uh, something called the Last Supper. So this is Jesus gathering with his disciples. This is a couple days before he's going to be crucified, Uh, and he's having this kind of last moment with some of his close friends, his disciples. Uh, So just for a little bit of context, uh, Jesus says to these group of 12, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. And that's a little bit clunky, I know, but I think you guys get the idea. Jesus is trying to make this Big claim again that right here in this moment, I have all of God's glory, that I have all the power. Uh, this is what we talked about two weeks ago that we believe that God is so, God can literally do anything, and that Jesus is the representation of God. And so there's nothing in the world anything we talk about, blessing the world, loving the world. God has all the power, all the authority. He can do it all on His own. And with all that authority, He's going to leave. And so here's what it says next. It says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I'm going, you cannot come. Uh, and we've talked about this a lot over the last uh, couple of weeks. This idea that God is great. God can do anything. But the kind of God's master plan is that once he has all the glory, all the power, he is intentionally leaving so that we can be here and do the work. God's not going to do it all on His own. God wants us to be a part of it. Uh, the scripture we've looked at, uh, most the same idea from Acts it says, "Begin, uh, you will receive power." So the power I have, you're going to receive it. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and here's why: it's because you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after He said this, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid Him from their sight. This is kind of the same idea. God's got all the glory, and he's leaving. And the reason why is not because God was tired. It was because, you know, like, I, I, I love people for a little while. It's your guy's turn now. God intentionally wants us to be a part of his big master plan to bring love and blessing and all his glory and all those good things that God wants to do. God intentionally wants us to be a part of it. And like we talked about two weeks ago, the reason why is not just because God wants to get stuff done, but because God wants to get things done through us. And so it's when we pray, it's when we start to really care for the other people around us that something inside of us starts to change. Uh, And very much over the next, as we go through talking about friendships, one of the reasons of why we want you to have deep friendships in your life is because having friends is a great way to live. And I think Jesus is the smartest person who ever lived. So taking Jesus' advice on how we can have great friends, that's all great. But also, part of how God wants to develop you in your discipleship is through intentionally being in deep relationships. And so the quote we looked at uh, a couple weeks ago from uh, Reggie McNeil, that Jesus doesn't get work done through you, he gets you done through work. And so it's that whole idea Jesus is trying to do in this speech and in lots of other speeches towards the end of his life. So again, uh, they're all at the Last Supper. Jesus says, I'm glorified, I'm going, you cannot come. And then Jesus says this big statement. This is a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So as Jesus is talking about this big idea, I'm leaving I want you guys to bless. One of the big ways that God wants to bless the world is I want you guys to love each other. I want everybody to have a somebody. I want someone to feel that they are loved by someone else. I want you to love someone else. And that's going to change the world. Uh, So much so that Jesus says, the one of the, talk about the idea of like Jesus' teaching is so many times very countercultural. Uh, that the way in which Jesus calls us to live is just so much different than the world around us. That one of the distinguishing things that, as we uh, go to the next one, is we're like all throughout our neighborhoods, as we're at work, as we're at school. One of the things that should make this group of people stand out, one of the things that we have you know, people in your office are like, hey, tell me about them. What, what are they like? Or, yeah. One of the things that should stand out is that group of people. Are part of Christchurch Albany. I have someone who lives on my street. I, I run with somebody. I, I'm a part of a book club with one of those Christchurch Albany people. I'll tell you about them. They are some of the most loving the, the way the relationships that they have in their life in a world that's full of people that are lonely, in a world of people that feel isolated, in a world of people that have settled for pseudo-community, Jesus' idea that there's a group of people. That are in such deep community that people know that's, that's how I know that those folks are following Jesus, is because of how deeply they are loving each other. Uh, so, again, we're asking the question as we begin this summer How are we doing right now with loving one another? How, how unique are the relationships that exist in this room, that exist in your small group? That exist and folks that you know get together for coffee. How much would other people, as they hear about the friendships, they like, hey, wait, 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 you, you guys do what together? You spend how much time together? You sacrifice that, like that. What that is not. Why do you do that? Well, it's because of Jesus. How well are we doing? Uh, again, I think in some cases good, in a lot of cases not great. And so what we want to do is this summer we want to intentionally focus all of our tools as a church, Sunday gatherings, small groups, teachings, all the things we have to be able to help us all to take next steps to better love each other. And our hope is that when we get together in this room in September, that we all, it's not going to be magic. It's not going to be like, now I have the best friends I've ever had. But hopefully we take steps forward uh, but it's going to take work from every single one of us. Uh, so one of uh, my guiding quotes as we launch into this this summer, this is from uh, John Ortberg, uh who uh, I love. He wrote this, and we've shared this before too, that the requirement for true intimacy is chunks of unhurried time. It's one of the things we're going to talk a lot about this summer, and we've talked about before, is that part of our culture is just hurry and busy and be and jesus way is so different and if you want to have real relationships in your life one of the things we're going to have to do is unhurry our life if you think you can fit deep community into the cracks of an overloaded schedule think again wise people do not try to microwave friendship parenting or marriage you can't do community in a hurry You can't listen in a hurry. You can't mourn in a hurry with those who mourn or rejoice in a hurry with those who rejoice. Many people lack great friendships for the simple reason that they have never made pursuing community a high priority. And so this summer we want to make pursuing great friendships a priority. Uh, And where we want to start, uh, here's uh, the end, and I'm going to give you some more detail around that. Uh, You have homework uh, for this coming week, and so we want you to go home uh, after this. And sometime during the week, maybe today, want you to grab your calendar. I don't know if you guys have a family calendar like this. I mean, aren't we just adorable? It's just so cute. Uh, Grab uh, your calendar if you have a physical calendar, if you do it on your phone, however you do it, uh, maybe individual calendar, whatever it looks like as you've mapped out a little bit of the summer. Some of you are more planners than others. I get it. But we want you to pull out your calendar. And one of the things that we want you to do, there's a lot of ways we're going to talk about uh, intentionally making relationships a high priority this summer. But as we start, one of the ways we want you to make relationships a high priority is to put it on your calendar. And so, some of these things that we're gonna talk about over the next little bit, we want these to not just be things that the church is doing, and like, I guess John's gonna be there and some other people, and I, if I can make it, I, we want you to intentionally say, if we're working on relationships this summer, if you wanna jump in, if you wanna be a part of making relationships a focus in your life this summer, we're asking you to put some of these things we're gonna talk about. On the calendar, and to think about that as you go through this week, and then when you get together with in your with your community groups this next weekend, that's going to be the main topic of conversation: is how have you prioritized with your schedule, uh, relationships? Uh, and so here's what that looks like on. We gave you like tons of papers today. We cut down all kinds of trees. So, uh, so there's two that you can refer to over the next uh, couple minutes as I'm talking. One is this one that's called Summer at CCA. That's gonna basically give all the same information that I'm gonna talk about here. And then at the bottom of the connect sheet is some ways that you can get, take a step to get involved in some of these things that I'm gonna talk about. Uh, but here's the tools that we are going to use to help us hopefully take better work So that we just, let's just take some steps as a community to like eradicate to the best of our ability loneliness in this community. I mean, could we like commit that as a group of people, like we're going to like pursue in such a way that we not only address our own loneliness, but other people's loneliness, that we don't let people settle for pseudo community. Everyone needs deep relationships. And these are the things that we think will help us get there. Uh, So the first thing that we're gonna do is uh, teaching. Uh, and so the Bible has a ton to say about relationships. And so Jesus lays out this kind of big vision of I want you to love one another. Uh, and that can be a little bit vague. What does that What does that look like to love one another? Uh, And so there's lots of other commentary or description about that. And so in the rest of the New Testament, Jesus and Paul and Peter and John and these folks who wrote these letters and uh, manuscripts about the Bible 2,000 years ago, they have spelled out at least 59 different what we call the one another passages. And they give all this kind of detail of what does it look like to be in a group of people who are loving one another. Uh, and so this summer, we're going to have five teachings where we're going to kind of categorize and put into kind of some big headings, each of those 59 one another's. Uh, and here's what I want you to just to think about as we're just kind of introducing this. The teaching that we're going to do, for the most part, it's not going to be this like brain, of whoa, I never knew that. I think if I want friendships, I got to spend time with people. Interesting. Like I need to listen to people. I I need to, I need to be honest with people. Yeah. It's not going to be like, but it's going to be things that the more you think about it, it's just different. Like our world is so centered on selfishness and individualism, that that's what we, that's what we're constantly being discipled in that flow. And so for us to intentionally say I want to move into a different way the Jesus way which is unhurried which is taking time to listen which is spending time with the, the whole way in which Jesus is going to approach all of these one another is so different than how our culture which is why we're in the relational hole that we are in, in our it's just different. And so we want to intentionally Teach all of us and disciple all of us in this new way. In a lot of ways, we have to kind of, kind of rewired the prayer we prayed a couple weeks ago. We need to transform the way that our minds have been working towards relationships to think, okay, if the way I've been handling relationships has not been working so far, if my current path has not developed deep relationships, maybe I need to try something different. And I think we do. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be five teachings. As far as scheduling goes, uh, these are all going to be either on podcast or YouTube, whatever your preferred is, uh, because we're going to talk about one of the things we know about the summer is that schedules get pretty busy. And so as you're scheduling things, uh, these are meant to be portable. So we really want these to be an all play. We want every single one of us to listen to these teachings and really sit with them, wrestle with them, ask questions. Uh, And so these are going to be available online, so that way you can watch them when is available for you, and you can see the release date of when each of those will be released over the course uh, of the summer. So that's what we're doing teaching-wise. What we're doing gathering-wise then. Uh, So we wanna make sure that we are gathering together this summer. Uh, And kind of the idea of gathering is that there's different sizes of gatherings. And this is very normal. And so in Jesus' world, uh, Jesus sometimes would gather with a crowd. The crowd is often mentioned in Jesus' teaching. Sometimes he had like 72 people that he kind of had like a level of friendship with. And then he had a group of 12, and then three, and then one. Uh, And so we have different levels. There's things that we can do at this level of People and levels of friendship and relationship that we can have with this many people in the room. And there's different levels of relationship that we can have if it's just you and I sitting across from each other, or three or four or five of us sitting in a room together. So we're gonna have different levels. Uh, so the first level is going to be kind of the larger gatherings. Uh, so that's Sunday gatherings. We're gonna to continue to meet on Sundays in the summer, uh, a little bit different, but just think of it as like a Sunday gathering. Because there's some things that when we gather together with this size of people, there's some of these one another's that really work great in this context. Uh, To encourage one another, as you guys were walking in, whether it's a simple high five or, yeah, there's just little bits of encouragement that can happen just when you see someone you haven't seen in a while. And that happens when we all gather together. Like-minded, I think, is a a big deal. There's lots of things that we disagree on, but kind of like Alfie's point, to have like a group of people where you're like, out of all the things we do, we all have some. We're all trying to live a similar way, and to be together with like, I'm not crazy. There's other people that are trying to live this way. That can be a big deal. Uh, to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I, Singing together with a few people can be great, probably better for some of you because you can sing well. Uh, for me to be in a small group of people and singing is really weird and awkward. Uh, so I really love to be in large groups of people and singing together. That's really fantastic. Uh, and then one of my favorites is just employing the gifts that God has given. I love when we gather together that from Charles and Marilyn making coffee this morning. Thank you. Uh, uh, folks up here doing music. Yeah. Uh, folks that are upstairs. Uh, uh, Helping with our kids, Uh, Dave back there doing sound. Like, there's all these different gifts that, like, when we all come together, that's kind of like, wow, like, look what we can do together. And, like, you can do something that I can't do. And there's, whenever you gather together with a large group of people, there's kind of like, man, look at how wide all of our different gifts are and what we can accomplish together. And so, we wanna make sure that we can take part in that this summer and beyond. Uh, And so, this summer, we're gonna have four different gatherings, uh, which is our regular uh, format. So uh, normally we meet on the second and fourth Sunday, which is basically what we're going to do over the summer, except for the first one is on a first, and so i sorry for the confusion, but you can see all the dates on there. Uh, and you can, so we're going to do four different things, we're going to have a picnic, we're going to have two different worship nights, and then we're going to have this big service day, uh, which I think is going to be super fun. So the picnic, think picnic, games, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, for the serve day, the school district of Albany, uh, there's a baseball field that's like in disrepair, and like they want to be able to use it for recreation for kids, uh, but they don't have the ability to do that. And so they're going to line up a project where all of us can be in the same place, so it's like it, kids are working over here, adultery, you know, we're all kind we can all see each other. We're all in the same place, we're all gathered together, but we're using different gifts because we'll need some of you to actually do like real construction stuff and some of you to do paintings, some of you to do something artistic, some of you just to pull weeds. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, so that's the serve day. Uh, every single one of them, though, that we get together are going to have these elements. Uh, we're going to have time to connect. We want to have space in each of those where you can talk to other people, and get to know other people, and kind of start to develop some of those friendships. And every single one of those, we're going to have times where we pray together. Every time we gather together, we give room to pray. Every single one of them, we're going to sing at, because uh, singing's fun, and it's better, I think, in a big group. And then food, we're going to make sure we eat. And all of those are super important. There's one of those that's actually more important than the rest of them. Uh, Which one is it, John? Food! Yeah, and so this is huge, actually. Uh, so when the early church, when they would gather together, that's what they called their gatherings. Is they called it the agape or the love feast? That's what they did. They came together to eat. And so one of the best ways to develop friendship from Jesus to the early church to beyond is to gather around and have food. Uh, And so make sure you check out the bottom of that connect sheet. There's different times where we need people to bring food or make food. Uh, We want every single one of those to have lots of food because connection happens, friendships happen over food. So that's what's happening uh, for the Sunday gatherings. Uh, And then beyond the Sunday gatherings, we have small group gatherings. Because again, as wonderful as a large group gathering is, there's some of these one another's that just don't work well in this size, even though we're not a large church, but even in this size of a group don't really work well. To have that bigger depth of community, it would be great to say, I'm friends with all these people, but in reality, the bandwidth of most of us is that we can be friends, real, deep, serious friends with a few people. Uh, And so some of these one another's, especially to really exhort one another, to know someone well enough to say, there's something I feel like you need to do in your life. To stir one another up, to say that provoking thing that you know maybe someone needs to hear, to really care for one another. And as a part of care, it means be there, give them your vacuum, help them move, uh, be there just to sit and listen, bring them food, pray for one another. Confess your faults to one another, admonish one another, and bear one another's burdens. And so we want all of us to be in groups that are small enough that we can start to really gain some traction in each of those over the course of the summer. Uh, And so, with those gatherings, uh, what we want to focus on uh, is the idea of encouragement, application, and discussion. Uh, this way of living that we're trying to do in general following Jesus, but especially with trying to love one another in these deep, meaningful relationships. Again, these are not normal. It's easy for us to be like, oh, I want that, and then life to get busy again. Relationships can be hard. It's easy for us just to not do it. And a lot of us have a lot of start and fails, I think, when it comes to wanting deeper relationships, and then it just doesn't go. And so what we need, I think, is a group of people that can really help to encourage us to keep going, to help us as we're learning these different scriptural ideas of these 59 one others to actually not just hear about them, be like, oh, that's a good idea. I should totally do that. But to say, how are you gonna actually apply it? And then to have discussion, to flesh it out. What does that look like in your life? How do we do that? Uh, And to help us accomplish that over the summer, here's a couple uh, add-ons to our groups we wanna do is uh, so we want to increase our focus on attendance and participation. So first, sorry, going back to the large group gatherings, as you look at your calendar, uh, just by the nature of a large group gathering, it takes work, it takes preparation. We had to put it on our calendar. And so here's what we're asking for you guys for the large group gatherings, is if you can make it, we want you to make it. And hopefully as like a priority, but we already understand that some of you will look at those dates and you're like, oh, we're already scheduled to be out of town. We already have the campsite set up. You know, I totally get that. If you were already scheduled, some of us are not gonna be at all those. What we are asking you to do though, is if you're around, if you're in town, to make those large group gatherings a priority to where it might be easier to sleep in or it might be easier to do something else with the day. But if you're around, if you can make it, Those large group gatherings will be better if you take time to put it on your calendar and make sure you're there, and if you're helping to make those things happen. Uh, With small group gatherings, uh, we realize figuring out all this on the calendars can be very tough. And so what we're asking you to do is we want every small group to meet five times this summer. And we want you to figure out how you can make that work in your schedule. And so that means sitting down with a group of people and saying, okay, let's together. Let's look at the calendar. What are five times? They might not all be, it might not be easy to just say, let's just meet on every Sunday because I'm gone this Sunday. You guys, like, let's, over the course of the whole summer, between all of July and all of August, are there five times we can figure out how to get together? And so here's what we're looking for. is We're looking for, one, attendance. Uh, we want as much as we can High, if not a 100% attendance at all five of those small group gatherings over the course of the summer. And then we want participation. And by participation, we mean that when you get together with the group, we want you to be able to really dialogue about what you're learning. And so here's what we're asking. Is that those teachings that we're going to provide on YouTube or podcast that everybody Listen to those or watch those before you come to your community group. Because some of us are really quick processors and we could just, you know, watch it and we could have a lot of good stuff to say. Some of us, we need to like, I think actually all of us, but we need to think about it. We need to wrestle with it. Like, uh, so we want you to watch it, really think about it. So that way, when you get together with the group... You're like jumping in, and you're like, okay, here's my questions. Here's my problem with it. Here's my thing that I think is the stumbling block for me really living this out. Here's what I really need as far as encouragement. So we're really looking for attendance and participation. Uh, and then here's the next level of the small group thing that is, for all of this to really work, already some of you guys are thinking it, is, we, sorry, go back one. This idea of it actually being a small group I think is pretty important. Because again, we're recognizing that there's some deeper level conversations that need to happen. And so how many people can you actually have that amount of conversation with? And different, it's probably different bandwidth for some of us. Some of us, you're like, you know what, maybe two or three other people. And that could be a small group, and that's okay. For some of us, I like, maybe eight, maybe ten, I think for almost all of us, to have a group of 20 a group of 25, which some of our small groups are that size, it's gonna be pretty tough for us to really be able to do that. And to be able to figure out the schedules of all those people, some of you might be better than me. I don't know if I could do it to get all that scheduled. And so, one of the conversations that, again, we want you to have when you get together with your small groups this next week if you're not a part of a small group, make sure you sign up to say that you wanna be a part of a small group. We'll help link you with one, or you can let us, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you connected is to pull out your calendars and say, okay, how can we meet? And part of the conversation, and this is, okay, this is a good conversation, might be at some of your groups saying, it's not going to be possible for everybody in this group to get together five times this summer. But I think us three families, we could get together five times, and us three families, and we might need to make a little bit of smaller groups, which is a good thing, because that will help us to actually, our goal isn't to, like, have big mega groups our goal is to actually be able to accomplish these tools and so that's what we want to do with our small group uh, gatherings uh, and again the reason for all this the reason why we're teaching about this this summer the reason why we want to have these gatherings that we want you to focus on the reason why we want you to look at these small groups is because go to the next one it's because I think the building these kind of loving relationships it doesn't just happen if it could if we just like fell into it normally it would this takes focus. This takes intentionality. And we need to be intentional with our use of time, and we need a lot of encouragement. And so if you are someone who wants deeper relationships in your life, if you need deeper relationships in your life, and I think we all do, then I'm asking that you join us in focusing on this. Uh, again, that quote from uh, John Orberg. here's what that's going to mean for some of us. The requirement for true intimacy is chunks of My battery died. For some of us, as we start to look at our calendars, one of the things that we're going to have to wrestle with over the next week is that we are too busy. And so there's going to be some things that we're going to have to unbusy ourselves with if we want to make relationships. We're going to have to say no to some other commitments if you want to prioritize relationships because it won't happen in a hurry. Uh, Again, go to the next one. You can go two ahead, actually. Yeah, you can't listen in a hurry. Go to the next one. Again, because what we want to do is we want to make this a high priority. So we want to kind of put these things in pen in our calendar and figure out to say there's lots of things we could, a lot of great things this summer. But if you want to prioritize relationships, the key is that we need to make it a high priority. Uh, and there's lots of ways we're going to we're talk about that this summer, but it starts with on your calendar. Uh, and then the last thing I want to say is we're introducing this. Is a huge key component for this. It's just kind of that internal motivation. Because already, as some of you are looking at that idea of high priority, you're like, I, to be honest, I I get it, John. I understand what you're saying. It's I have other higher priorities. To be honest, like I, I, I want relationships, but like more than you know, c- accomplishing things at work, and more than just being selfish and watching Netflix, and like. I, I don't, I, I want it to be a higher priority in my life, but honestly, I don't know how high of a priority it really is, which again is true, and it just means that our hearts need to change. Uh, so, that part of uh, what Jesus said uh, Jesus said, New command I give you, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Uh, so, another part of that uh, sheet there at the bottom where it talks about individually potentially the most important part of this whole thing is the more that we can spend time around Jesus, the more that Jesus changes our heart. And the more that Jesus changes our heart, the more we move away from an individualistic, selfish way of looking at the world. And we start to say, I need, I want to make a high priority relationships in my life. Uh, So with that, uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to go into a time of communion, which is a time that we think about the love of Jesus. And the more that we understand how much Jesus loves us, the more that we will want to love and prioritize other people. So let me pray. Uh, Jesus, I don't want to live life alone. And I don't want to live in pseudo community. I believe that there is deeper levels of relationship that are possible. That it is possible with a large group of people to have close relationships. And then with even a smaller group of people to have really deep, caring and I pray for you. Don't carry that burden alone. There's something I love you enough to tell you, and I'm in relationship enough, and I have time enough, I'm going to tell it to you, and I'm not going anywhere. I need relationships like that. We need relationships like that. Our world is dying for relationships like that. Help those relationships to be the center of this church family. Help us to actually be a church family. And help us to do it not just because friends are handy to have, but because of this thing that you're growing inside of us, that we understand how much you love us, and that you're transforming, you're rewiring our brain so that we have that same kind of look and love and priority for the people in our lives. Let's pray.